welcome to the bite-sized edition of Hospitality News and Views. In today's edition, Raj and Richard discuss the G7. Last week, there was, it seemed to be only two, there seemed to be only two main stories, really. One was what's going to happen with the uh, lockdown. The other one was the G7 and everybody coming in. And it kind of dominated everything, really. But one of the things that I, I sort of you know when I, I look at this stuff and I reflect on it and you start thinking, well, you know, what are people try expect what expect people's ex- expectations, I suppose. I think people, I think the G7, I don't know what people expected from it. I think they just expected people to just turn up and sort of say something. Not too sure what. But from a from a hospitality perspective and from a personal perspective. I was really hoping it was going to be a great weekend to show the south of England. And when it started and it was raining and it, or it got a bit, you know, it wasn't so uh, sunny, etc. And I thought, God, this could be one of those dreary occasions where you have all these hopes put up about fantastic uh, weather and fantastic things. And it turns out to be a complete disaster. You know, it's like if you go down to Margate on the one day when it rains, yeah. it's horrible. <laughs> No, no. I mean, it was it was they, they were very lucky, weren't they? Was the weather? I, I, I was. I think Boris he did a and he addressed the the the, the, the camera at least um, from the beach, and I was looking very closely at his hair to see if it was moving as you'd expected to on the beach, yeah. and I was convinced it was a green screen, but apparently it wasn't. I was waiting for someone to walk past, you know. But it was a fantastic beach and sea. I mean, yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I think that one of the things that comes out of this stuff is that ultimately, what does it do for the area? I do hope that people around the world now don't just think of London, they think of Cornwall. Um, But we had customers, when I spoke to my customers down there, one in particular, she was saying, why couldn't they just come in October when it's not so busy? Yeah, and that was yeah. one thing that she, she she would have loved to have seen. But I suppose ultimately these things, you know, the, the dates can't be driven like that. I think Cornwall, I know, is particularly uh, popular with, with, with Germans. Um, and there is some there is a, a television programme. I don't know what it is. It's not certainly not Poldark, but it's another one which is filmed down there. And it's also shown in Germany and they just love it. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I know that the. I know that they've started filming uh, a new series of Game and Game, Game of Thrones down there. Mm. Oh, yeah. wow. So that'll help us. So, well. I know. There's so much filming going on around the UK. I mean, what 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 we what we all expected from it is a very good question though, isn't it? Um, and uh, you know, with my view on politicians these days, I'm not sure which which is the parody spitting image or or, or the actual. <laughs> politicians themselves i think i think that they are funnier than than, than spitting image sometimes i think they so, are i think that's hap- I, I think that by transition they've kind of elevated themselves to the point of you can't really do the spitting image thing anymore <laughs> well they tried didn't they i mean yeah. they did come back but you know yeah you do wonder but yeah some of those some, some of the things that are coming out of it you know, states and Australia and... and yeah, I, th- I think it was, I mean, obviously the vaccine rollout and helping supporting vaccine rollouts and so on is really important. I mean, there's a, there's a lot, of, it's, it's quite strange because we get caught up in the headlines and, no, and not enough talk about the detail. One of the things that I think everybody was, everybody knows it's a bit crazy that on the one hand, you're talking about climate change 
And it's almost like each leader had to outdo the other one in terms of how they turned up. So, you know, each in their own aeroplane or helicopter or whatever. And (laughs) you do wonder, why don't you just come to Heathrow, join up together and just go down together? Yeah, or get the, the, um, you know, I think Paddington to I don't know where, but, you know, the Queen took the train, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, right. the queen, in fact, the Queen was probably the only person who took the climate into consideration when she was actually travelling. I mean, didn't wasn't there a photo shoot of Boris getting onto the plane? And, and uh, you know, my wife said, did you see that? And, you know, why couldn't you, why couldn't he have done a photo shoot getting onto a train? And it would have yeah, meant, yeah. sent such a good message out. Especially you know? at a time when people actually aren't getting onto trains and, you know, Mm. There's a there's all kinds of stuff. One of the things that kind of I was surprised by was that one. Yes, I understand that the American government has a protocol regarding security of the president and his wife. I mean, that's the first thing. I mean, you, you can understand the security requirements, but one of the things I did here was no, we aren't the United States of America. And what was said, and the reason that was said was they didn't just have the 13 or so big Hummers sort of protecting uh, the first lady. They actually had Marine One and Marine Two, their helicopters were over the place. One of the meetings I was told they were supposed to have, they couldn't have because they couldn't land the helicopter. It's so there because it's so big. And sometimes you just got to say, look, you know, you're in a friendly nation with friendly people. Uh, yeah. You don't need to go down to that sort of, you know, the nth degree of uh, security. Mm. Having said that, I can understand uh, with all the things that have been happening over the you know, last year or so in America, etc., they might not feel like that, but it is a yeah. bit of a strange one. And I think that on the one hand, you talk about climate change, on the other hand, you take that type of approach. Yeah. It, it creates... It, it creates a, an argument that says, do you really know what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I think it's very confusing, you know, that when, when they're doing things like that. Um, bring, I mean, okay, the personnel, they, they arguably they might have needed them, but, you know, the, the mode of transport, I think, is was very important. They should have sent out a message to say that, that, that you know, the trains are good. I think Macron should have turned up in a sailboat. <laughs> you <would> totally <laughs> everybody else would have just sort of said well okay you can't do better than that now can you the wind has got him here that's right i mean that could even be possible on the gulf stream drift couldn't it you know yeah, say, it's only 20 miles it's not like <laughs> go a long yeah. way yeah exactly that would have been good <laughs> i suppose it would have been somebody out there saying well why wasn't in a rowboat <laughs> yeah yeah that's right no but it's a funny one and and what they were talking about as well with the you know the uk us corridor yeah yeah and, and they're looking at opening that up now i think uh, the, the sort of dates handout was or talked about were august and a lot of that comes down to money, doesn't it? I mean, it gives an idea of just how much money is at stake when they're talking the billions of pounds that are being lost just because that corridor is actually uh, unavailable yeah. in terms of travel. What's interesting is that British Airways actually make a huge amount of money from the flights between uh, the UK and the US as a delivery company. All right. I was That's actually shown photographs of their passenger aircraft where they've taken the seats out just right. so that they can have more cargo. Right. Interesting. So there's a lot of things going on there. There's a lot of money. At, and it's huge. It's huge amounts of money at stake. Yeah. I mean, when you when you say that, Raj, I wonder whether, you know, those long haul um, um, routes, 
whether they are more profitable than the short haul. And, and I wonder whether, with the advent of Brexit, whether they will reduce the um, the number of flights into in, into Europe um, and therefore become mm. a more profitable company. I don't know. I've just read, in fact, that um, Emirates have just announced a $6 billion loss. First time. And it's huge. It's a huge loss when you think about this type of company they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think all, all the airlines, it's quite strange. The question nobody wants to ask, it seems, is what is the model for a successful um, airline in a world where climate change has taken the priority? Yeah, I mean, Lufthansa as well have just announced some, I don't know, but good figures anyway. They're going to sell off their Air Plus credit card kind of division, I think it is. Um, but they, they're making help, they're making noises that, that you know, indicate that they're, they're healthy again. There, there was a, there were a lot of changes there, so I mean it's positive, and, and you yeah. know we will need we will need the airlines. I think there's going to be more scrutiny of some of this stuff. I don't know if you know, but um, a friend of mine was working on the Terminal Three analysis, and it was quite interesting what he came up with. I, it's, it's because we don't read the reports because nobody actually reads this stuff. There's thousands of pages of who reads it. For Terminal 3 to meet its climate change requirement, there was there was an assumption that a very high proportion of people in London were going to get rid of their cars and replace them with electric cars. That was an underlying okay. assumption. So if people in London decided, we're not going to change it, you know, the electric car is just too expensive, or I can't charge the blooming thing, I'm going to stick with my... As a result of that, they would, you know, they would not be able to meet their... Um, the targets they were saying they could meet in terms of the pollution. I think actually it's not fair. If you if a comp if a country if a comp if a company or a group or an organisation says we're going to meet this commitment, they should be able to do it on their own. Yeah, I mean the congestion charge has certainly um, had a, a, an effect on on us. And uh, if anybody wants to buy a an A6 Audi diesel, uh, it's going in October. <laughs> I tell you say. I made the mistake of driving into, I don't know, I, I, I'm so sure I pressed the right button on the sat-nav. Because on the sat-nav, you can say I want to stay out of the congestion. I was so sure I'd actually pressed the right button and the blooming thing took me through it. And it's a horrible cost. I think How much is that? It was £15. Mm -hmm. Then I had to pay the surcharge for it. It was a diesel, wasn't it? So <laughs> I think it came, to, it came to over £20. I think it was £21 or £22. It's just, yeah. And the worst thing is, the surcharge, it, it was effective. There was no time when it wasn't in effect. So it was like 24 hours, whereas before, um, you know, you could say go in early in the morning, leave early late at night. You can't even do that anymore. Mm. And you could have gone by tube, Brash. You could have gone by go tube. <laughs> Where I wanted to go. Oh, I did look at the tube. I did look at the tube as an option. It was like, I want to give you another idea of how crazy the journey would have been. I think, I think I, when I looked at it, I was looking at a round trip of about six hours by tube oh, and walking. Really? And yet in the car, I was looking at maximum two and a half hours round trip. And all I was doing was collecting something and bringing it home. Yeah, yeah. The first one sounds like our trip to the local Tesco's, actually, with all these, um, with all these roadblocks. But yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, so I think climate change is going to, we hope you enjoyed listening to this bite-sized edition of Hospitality News and Views. The full editions are available on all popular podcasting platforms and include additional material which we hope you will enjoy. Thank you.
Thank mm-hmm. you.